Jack's RPG Podcast. I'm in Max, 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 Pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon. Thank you for joining us for Season 19, Episode 15 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. Hi, my name is Bill Gates, and I'd like to update your computer right now. We're going to spend the next hour and a half updating your computer when you didn't actually want it. God damn them. I'm Stork. How does Harry Potter prefer to get downhill? I don't know how. Walking. JK Rowling. I'm Proby Tim. Get it? Because JK Rowling is the... Audio horrors, they're saying. Audio horrors or horrors? Let's fix that real quick. I'm going to crank it down a little bit. Let me know if it's better. The other day you guys had double echo thing. Mics are super hot. I just turned them down. Uh, Wait a few seconds. But you do want to buy war bonds. There you go. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, well, guys. Sorry, yeah. we had a we had a massive update in, a, in our normal computer, and we we waited and then scrambled, and Stu got it working because he's Stu. Yeah. And so there was there was lots of plugging and lots of thing, and it's still at ninety five percent still. So. Sorry. We have we have cobbled together an anus extractus solution for tonight's podcast. Yeah. Okay. I'm. Uh, in the process of fixing the audio, uh, give me a moment here. Uh, in this episode of Happy Chicks RPG Podcast, we're going to talk about how to handle character death. Uh, GM John writes in for advice on passive spectator players. Chris in Canada sends us a well actually about D&D leveling in days of old. Uh, Vince writes in, Vincent writes in about mechanical canon in RPGs. Mm-hmm. And Stephen Sokal sends us some effective uses of NPCs. But before we do that... You can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. And we're, I'm pretty much caught up on the, the, the emails now. So Stu did that all in one breath. And if you, want to do the, if you want to send us an email, now's the time to do it because my email box is almost empty. Not quite, but close. Uh, we're, you can follow us on the tweeters, happyjacksrpg, all one word. Also on Instagram, happyjacksrpg, all one word. Uh, and you can watch us live sometimes uh, at happyjacks.org slash live. Um, we are slaves to technology like yeah. we all, like everyone. Sorry, it e- happens. Evidently, we forgot to pay our Microsoft bill. <laughs> yes, we bill, did. Bill from Microsoft gets paid enough. <laughs> I don't think he gets paid from Microsoft anymore. Bill, my, Microsoft, I get see it. What I, I, did I, I see what you did there. Hey-o. Right. Hey-o. <laughs> it's just a gateway. <coughs> oh. <laughs> So, did anyone play anything in the past week? They Not yet, but I'm I I because I don't learn, I don't learn at all. Um, I started up. I'm in the process of starting up a play by post game because I don't learn. <laughs> but this time it's yeah, this time I I have seven players now. We just started it, and I'm capping it there. If you bang your head against the wall, eventually <coughs> the wall will fall down. No, no, no. Seven players. It's uh-huh. I'm doing it completely. Why different. seven? Why not five? Why not four? Why seven? Uh, well, because I think less than ten is a perfect number. I see for a PvP, PvP, and I've got now seven players who've signed up. Two of which are kind of not able to start yet. One of them is is fighting off crazy viruses. <laughs> Evidently, they took his corporate infrastructure down, so he's repairing it. Mm-hmm. And the other one has just been gotten over a, a, a big bout of sick. So not a corporate <coughs> virus, but an actual. No, virus. an actual virus. We had a corporate. Yeah. We had a we had a techno virus. Yes. And a virus virus. And a virus on the techno. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. So so yeah, but uh, I'm I'm setting up for a Lamentations of the Flame Princess 
old school D and D style style game. Hear the lamentations of the flame princes. Yep. So uh, I, I'm starting that. I played. Uh, <laughs> I played um, um, Blood Blade and Tusk. Right. Yeah. Uh, which is Stu's. Um, it's his setting for his uh, Moment of Truth game, uh, and it's still, which is still a work in progress. But it's still, it's very exciting, very fun. Uh, I'm having a really good time. We, I was just rapping a bit before we came on. What's really neat about the setting that Stu has created here, because I can play any game system if you just, you know, give me enough time. I'm like, I'm learning the rules, and, ru- and he's kept it sort of rules light, and he's still working on the rules. But I'm really liking the setting, which is basically historical Middle Ages, Dark Ages Europe. <laughs> and so the borders are different. There's orcs. There may or may not be magic. And it's Europe. So we're all kind of having a good time kind of playing in what might be France at some point, but it isn't yet. It's neat. It's I, neat. I really enjoy alternate history yeah. settings. Yeah. yeah. So, you super, know, super we're like, where are we? And he whips <laughs> out a fucking map and goes, uh, well, it's here. There's Italy. So you're here. <laughs> okay. During the during the D twenty boom, three point five days when the OGL first came out, and everybody and their brother was producing D and D stuff, um, there was a setting. I can't remember what it was called, but the premise of the setting was: what happens? What happens if the Axis won World War Two? Man in the High Castle. <clears throat> I don't think that's what it was called. Oh, sorry. Spoilers. Is what's I don't know what Man in the High Castle is. I can I can tell. You don't know what Man in the High Castle is? I don't know what Man in the High Castle is. It's a show on Amazon right now, which is uh, basically what if. Go ahead, keep going. Hitler and the Axis won the war, mm. or did they? Mm. It's Philip K. Dick, so it's full of paranoia. Oh, and, gotcha. And double sided. It's a very very <clears> interesting <throat> story, but I I I I haven't watched it all. But, which is probably good because I can't actually get you spoilers, but you kind of know that it's a bleak and oppressive setting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always thought it would be really fun to play in that setting, mm-hmm. where you've got you know the United States is actually a, a puppet of the Nazi Party, you know. Which who says we're not? And that's right. No, okay. No, 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 no. Why don't you guys read the first email? Reading. I, I'm going to go grab a connector. The first okay. email. Do you want to do it or should I? Uh, go for if it. If you're going to do... Oh, I corrected it already because I, I had to put this in here. That's so, right. So, Passive Observer Player from GM John. <coughs> Dear Happy Jack's crew, no douchebags this time since your advice worked great for my player, Drew, who was having problems focusing. Oh my God, our advice worked. Every once in a while... We get it right. We get it right. I mean, what do they say? Even a broken clock is right twice, twice a day. Right. Or... Yeah, <coughs> at least once a day when I'm awake, and the other time I can't tell. Well, it could actually be wrong. It could actually be wrong. I don't know. If a tree falls in the forest and no one's around, does it actually make sound? Uh, I'm not there to hear it, so technically so, no. I don't know because I define sound. <coughs> uh, I took your advice, and furthermore, started running a Vampire: The Dark Ages game where it uh, where is a ghoul to a Bruja war general, which is another player at the table. I think that is where he is a ghoul. Our, Okay, now <coughs> the problem I'm having uh, now is uh, it's been a slow growing, albeit passive one. I'm referring to observer syndrome, which I may have to look up because I don't know that. Uh, a term I just made up. Well, there we go. Observer syndrome, a term I just made up, describes the issues I'm having with another player. I will call Roy. Okay. Roy seems like a great player. Always excited to jump into the game and be rolling dice, and, and but that is about it. 
I get the feeling he treats it more like uh, being in a supernatural TV show. He continually takes skills or powers that make him undetectable. High levels of stealth, move silently, obfuscate. I've never been able to say obfuscate. Don't correct me. <laughs> obfuscate. That's actually easier than the way I was trying to say it. it totally obfuscate. Is, yeah. Ob- obfuscate. Obfus- obfuscate. Okay. He does little to put his characters into. In fact, I was. Uh, there's a color called toluidine red, but I've been calling toluidine red my entire life as a painter. It's t- anyway. It's, it? it's actually toluidine. Yeah. It's not toluidine. I. Which is it, what I was saying. Yeah, I thought it was. I, I huh, okay. Obfuscate. <laughs> not ob. Yeah, all right. He does look <laughs> put the character on the spot light unless I have something directly targeted or attack him. He is uh, content to just sit there like a bump on a log and enjoy the story. He hardly seems to take the initiative in situations and refers to others and plays the uh, conformist. This is fine for the most part as I have dealt with reactive players at LARPs but other players have pointed out to me and to him that he does it with every character he plays. Normally I would be fine with this as another player at the table is always welcomed. However, he is the first to complain. I really don't get to do much this game during our post wrap or post game wrap up. Luckily, I didn't have to address it to him as another player was eager to jump in for me. Estella, the the female Lasombra player, quickly exclaimed, Well, if you wouldn't spend the whole freaking game obfuscated or hiding, maybe you would have uh, actually played. This gave us all a good chuckle, and after Roy left, the other players stated that it's not fair that he received full XP for hiding all game when they did all the work. I have to agree with this, sadly. He seems to have the demeanor when he sits down to the games like as if, I'm here now, entertain me, or another episode of Lifestyles of the Kindred Famous. In the most recent game, he is playing a Ravenous character, or a vampire, and is resigned to take no interest in all kindred affairs, which is fine for a Ravnos. But when his clan came under direct threat for a plot against the current prince, he just shrugged and said, Meh. does it affect me directly? No? Then I don't care. I'm almost at wit's end with what to do with him. Thanks in advance for any advice uh, you can offer. Sincerely, GM John. P.S. I don't know if this helps or not, but he tends to treat or view every game like an anime, despite me and others saying, drop the anime BS. He tends to want to stylize himself after anime loner protagonist. It hurts my head. Take a drink. I My first reaction to this is I can I totally see myself in this, because I, I, I tend to play... Okay, let me back up one more. Vampire tends to lend itself to troublesome players and characters and situations. Each each clan has their own uh, uh, agenda. And, and they have their own skill set that they're really good at. So sometimes you end up with a game that might be very political with a person whose only skill set is fighting. Or you might have a game that's really interactionary, and the people whose only skill set is hiding. So sometimes these people have no idea what to do with their character, and it takes a while to figure out what to do with their gangrel character in a highly political game. Or, well, I'm, I'm using that because I know that one well. Or what to do with your Lasombra character 
in a Camarilla game, <laughs> right? So, or, or whatever it is. But but because each each of these clans is so defined, it's hard sometimes to figure out what your role is, and it may take times. I I know that uh, when I was playing um, in Dave 77's game, uh, it took me at least three, three or four, three I guess three before I finally grokked Renfeld. I'm finally like, all right, I got it now. I know what I'm going to do with this guy. But it, it took three full sessions for me to fully like sort of figure out what it is I wanted to do with him or how I was going to approach it. So, the vampire is full of that stuff. There's all these, I mean, there's paragraphs and paragraphs of power descriptions, and then there's all of this political stuff, and it takes a while to sometimes grok it. So, vampire is, I I think, really notorious for having a a hard time integrating characters and having a hard time. Uh, yeah, everybody getting along. I, I it's actually designed to, for everybody doesn't get along. I read in one of the vampire books, and I can't remember which one it was, which is commonplace for me. Well, there's like thirty of them. No, I know, but it might have been pre V twenty. It might have been in like the storyteller's handbook or one of those um, players' guides. I don't remember. But what they were saying is, I think, and I think it was a, I think it might have been the storyteller's handbook. But they were saying that clans are actually not. Just big families of vampires that all get along. Mm-hmm. You could hate the next Bruja just as much as you hate that Setite over there. There's no, there's no reason for you to like this guy just because he's a Bruja. I, there's most people I work with that I hate. Yeah, but I work with them. But you work with them, <laughs> and it, it's that kind of thing. It's like, well, all that it means is that the same. All, all that a clan means is the same people who bit some of your. Parentage are the same people that bit some of my parentage. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but I do agree with you. It does. Vampire does. You see, I it had is, to do the it same is, thing. It is a little hard to get characters that are essentially selfish, selfish. Well, no, it's not hard. Selfish that's, monsters. That's exactly what you get to, to work start together. With. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how do you make that happen? Yeah. And that kind of ties into what I immediately thought about reading this email. But when his clan came under direct threat for a plot against the current prince, he just shrugged and said, does it affect me directly? No, then I don't care. Make it direct him... Affect him directly. Thank you. Obfuscate. Uh, Obfuscate. Make it affect him directly. He has to have something in his character. He can't just be, I am a Ravnos and that is it. My family's dead. Nobody cares. My family's dead. Nobody cares. My friends are dead. I killed them all. I drank all their blood. There has to be something that you can probably key to make it affect him directly. Now, I don't want to make this all about vampire. I sort of struggle with that. Because it seems like this is an actual problem. Mm -hmm. He's very happy to to make a safe character that kicks back and just watches. He's more of a voyeur than a... a, What's the opposite of voyeur? Exhibitionist? Exhibitionist, (laughs) yeah. And that, that was my other fact. The other thing I was going to say is, and it's, it's totally vampire, but it kind of does apply to other games as well. Same as you know that advice, make it affect him directly. Is ratchet up the generation of your foes to just a little bit above him, and make sure that one or two of them have aspects. Then they can see through his obfuscate, and he can stand over there obfuscated, and they'll be like, "Hey, you over there in the corner, yeah, come on, don't you come join the conversation here." You can also do that in other games. You detect invisibility spells or items or whatever. It might seem a little a little meta to specifically be saying, well, he's got that because you do this all the time. 
Just make sure that there's a, a good reason for the foes to have that. Yeah, and the other players sound like they're fed up with it too. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. the other thing that's happening, which is it's actually beginning to affect the party. Uh, not the actual party, but it's actually beginning to affect friendship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, dude, the hell. And again, I'm not advocating being the being the what were what were we calling him the 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 GM that you did in the superhero game, the doctor. Oh, Doctor Douche. Yeah, don't be Doctor Douche. But you have to think that if you're working in a society where they know obfuscate exists. Some people are probably going to have ways to pierce through Obfuscate. If you're working in a game where they know that magic users can cast invisibility spells, some people are going to have detect invisible things because nobody wants to be taken by an invisible. I'm going to take it off of Vampire. I'm going to take it off of the whole... uh, What I I really want to concentrate on, I think, now, is his... There seems to be a trend with him just being a passive player and then wanting... and And then complaining that he's not getting... Any attention He's not being part of the game The game This doesn't speak to me um, I think you might want to take another Lesson from Stu Which is have them fill out a player sheet ahead of time Come up with backstories Yep Come up with a family Come up with stuff that Directly affects them And then what you do And I think it's fair to say That when we first started Vampire That Stu mined my backstory For many of the Much Absolutely. of the stuff that happened yeah. in, in the Vampire Absolutely. game and, and I don't think that that was by accident Because I actually handed him a bunch of open-ended things That he allowed to not only fuck with me But with the rest of the players Yeah I think that that is, is key to a G It gives a GM arsenal And it allows you now to have a bit I don't want to say force your players But what it allows them to do is make it personal Yeah So by asking your player to submit Or ask, answer a bunch of questions And if he says things like You know, family, they're all dead Why did they die? I killed them why did you kill them? Because I hated them. Right? You have to come back and say you need to fill this out and make it more sense. Come and on, you dude. get the big red pen. You write right. the F at or the top whatever, of it. But hand it back to him. But <laughs> and if that's true, then maybe the ghost hunted. But but the the thing is that you're not you don't have any ammo to really make him to draw him out. And what he's kind of doing is being a. You have to use reverse psychology. He's being kind of a. All right, you're the GM. All right, go ahead. Well, how can you bring me in? I'm not going to do. That. I'm not going to play your little game. Well, let's. Let's go back to let's go back to moat. All right. Pour out a beer for my homies. Oh, I thought we we're gonna do, we we're gonna do vampire again. I thought we we're gonna well, move it, off it. No, I know, but it, it's because there's a there's a, a specific example there. Scully, obfuscate. Uh-huh. I mm-hmm. started running around unseen all the time. Uh-huh. I broke into a lady's house. All of a sudden, there was a magic barrier up that could feel me. It didn't have to see me, it could feel me. And only later did we realize there's cameras everywhere too. And then <laughs> right. And then on top of that, cameras came out everywhere. So that that's what I'm saying and, and it ties in directly with what you were saying is there has to be some way that you can deal with that. Obfuscate, invisibility, <coughs> standing in hiding in the shadows, these are not I hate to use the word unbeatable powers. Right. But they're not but here's the trap he's setting up. This player is making it so difficult to bring him into the game that you're going to spend more time focusing on him mm-hmm. than you are on mm-hmm. the rest of the players. And he's yeah, setting it yeah. up that way. He, he is putting you yeah. in a position where you now have to spend, I'm going to make up a number, 60% of the game drawing him in yeah. each time. Yeah. And the rest of the players should be like... And, and now you've sacrificed all the other people that in good faith want to play as yeah. well. No, it I agree. It seems yeah. to me. So if you... Have an immediate set of responses, which is, oh, right, you have a sister here. All right, okay, so your sister just called. She says she's been kidnapped. Yep. 
Now he's invested. You've you only used one sentence, and the rest of the players would be like, "Fuck your sister. We don't care about her." And now he's pissed off at them. <laughs> and now you've got it going. So again, it's it's a, because Stu, uh, you know, he set this up. He's right. That's the reason you have these questions, and you don't have to use them. Yeah. But you have them there in case you use them right. in situations just right. like this. Yeah. It's also. As a GM, it fleshes out in their mind what your character is, and it gives them ideas. So he may not actually draw upon your sister, but if your sister was a drug addict, he might actually pull in the sister's friends or or douchebag boyfriend and have them fuck with you, not directly with the sister. So all of a sudden, there's this guy, whatever it is. The but sister's dealer shows up. Shows you, shows me money, man. Whatever it is. Yeah. Exactly. So... Huh. By asking these questions, he's he's enriched his world and your world, and I think as a GM, it gives you tools to to bring people in, and eventually you run out. I think Albert stopped getting picked on when he ran out of. I think we killed off. Uh, yeah, we ran out of questions, but yeah, <laughs> students checked off each one of your background <laughs> points. Okay, but no more. <laughs> it's not. That's not quite the truth. But it's 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 funny how useful those. Questions can yeah. be, mm-hmm. and how you and how you well, can use them. And, and let me just say, Stork gave me the questions that had the most drama in them. The questions you gave me were the answers I gave you. Yeah, well, yeah. The, yeah, the answers to the questions I asked and the and the plot hooks you gave me had to do. Well, there's these, there's this band of bikers that's hunting me, and mm-hmm. then there's my my sire who doesn't like me, and then. Uh, the guy that uh, she abandoned for me doesn't like me, so it was all mm-hmm. stuff that was. Uh, it, it was uh, it was all people that were were basically going after him. Yeah. Every, every sentence ended with "and he doesn't like me," right? And she doesn't like me. <laughs> yeah, rough life, right? But okay. but I think that that might be the answer to your question, which is to have them fill out a fill. And somewhere, I think on our forums, there is Stu's list of questions. I think it's at ten or something. Like, somewhere know. out there. Uh, if not, I'm sure there's people right now that are listening to the chat that are busy going through their emails and they're going to post it on the forum somewhere. But uh, if not, come up with your own. But I think what, what is it? Just as a quick as a quick, there's uh, who, who's your family? What, what are their names? Yeah, yeah. Well, in the in the, the the one for the vampire game, it was like I wanted to know what your family life was like before you were embraced. Yes. Have you tried to keep in contact with any of them? Which you're not, of course, you're not supposed you're to. Not supposed but, to, but, but you know, the, when do vampires do what they're supposed well, to? Well, and yeah, it's rough <clears throat> the first couple of years, right? And then I asked, uh, is there someone you admire? Uh, is there someone who's out to get you? Is there someone that you're out to get? Um, Name another know. kindred you know that you consider a friend. Right. That was one of them. That's where... The Tremere. The Tremere. What was his name? Chaucer. Chaucer. Dylan Chaucer. Dylan Chaucer. From, yeah. yeah. That's where he came from. So, it seems it seems a trivial exercise, and yet... I think Stu was able and still is able to pull from those and, oh, yeah. pluck, and pluck those out. Yep. And even characters that are gone, he still has that info because he still has these names. There's Dylan Chaucer that we can still use. He's still in play. So I don't I, think he is. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> we don't know what happened to him yet. Yeah, we don't know what happened to him. Okay. <clears throat> uh, anyway, uh, kind of speaking of well, the, the people's backstories I can use, I can't really use Kimmy's anymore because mm-hmm. Kimmy's character died. I heard about that. Spoilers. Yeah, keep up, guys. Right. <laughs> but uh, I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about character death and ways to handle it, and way, especially when it's unexpected, mm. and ways to have a sort of a contingency for it. And we lucked out in that game because two sessions prior we had done a one shot. Yeah. Where everyone made 
Can you grab me one too? Of course. Or maybe a couple. Because now that the audio is on, if there's a beers, I need. If there's another soda, that would be great. There's a lot of these sodas. I don't care. Just something soda. Did the kids open the door? No. No. That's the refrigerator. The refrigerator squeaks when you open it. Oh, that's fascinating. Anyway, um, we were lucky because we had just done a uh, one shot, -shot. and everyone had made their own their new characters, basically (coughs) new potential NPCs for the island. That just suddenly became a PC. <laughs> that one, and, and Kimmy's just suddenly became a PC. Now she's going to have to figure. We're going to have to figure out how much XP she needs to dump in, like some freebie points and stuff, yeah, to true, be able true, to get true. her character up to a similar level. I just, it's dark. I grab things. That's fine. Thank you. There's that's that, there's it's these. dark. I grab things. That I'll was the Guinness. That's that. That's that cool. Like any of these. That's frightening. <laughs> It's dark, he just grabbed things. Let's turn off the lights. That's hot. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I got two kids. So, okay. <laughs> okay, so here's the ultimate answer to the question of character death, right? Right. Just fudge the dice and make them not die. <laughs> Hold on, wait. Hold on, wait. I'm just waiting to see how long it takes for the chat room to blow up. It will take at least 30 seconds. I can hear it right now. Someone on the East Coast is like... That's right. And I'm just kidding. I'm totally just kidding. That's just a tip of the hat to some conversations we've had on the forums. I don't... I'm not here's, actually here's advocating Here's that. Here's the, the thing. If, if you haven't listened to Moat, I guess you, you just let it out of the bag. Triggered. Can, I, can we talk about Triggered. it? <laughs> Did someone say that? Yeah. <laughs> Kimmy, Kimmy handled it really, Vampire really well. Vampire 54 said that. Go ahead. Um, her, her character <laughs> died. She went up against somebody with celerity, which is how people often die. In Vampire I think it's the number one Cause of death In Vampire Celerity <laughs> It truly is I could on, on we No well, <laughs> No, they no were, that would then they That just, would be the, the leading uh, just, The leading cause of um, Torpor Yeah, they just, yeah. But, you know, And then they wake up Like 150 oh, years later right. yeah. <laughs> But they don't actually Like die But Celerity is the number one Cause of death Whether it's with a Werewolf or a vampire Or whatever But yeah So And She'd been playing this character And we did the math Like three years At least two Two, Maybe two, longer. Two years and change. She said three. It might be three. It might be three years. Remember, because we used to play like what, we'd play like once a, a month, maybe. But was it that long? I think it has been. Holy and Adrian's hell been with her for basket. three years, and we've been, and she's had plans and everything. And quite literally, in ten minutes, her character went from what well, less than that, I think, because celerity. Uh, and she handled it really, really well. And I give her high marks for that. She said she teared up a bit, but it's that's a rough thing to do. How do you? It's hard not to. How do you be cool? Yeah. How do you how do you be cool? I mean, you're like you bastard, you, and and it's it's your first reaction, <sighs> especially with somebody that you've been with that long. Yep. I mean, it's I know actors go through it. Like, we're like you killed my character, yeah. dude. I I got a family to feed. I just bought a new house, and I mean, I was planning on being on the show. Sorry, what is that? It's flavored urine. No, urine, urine flavored. It's you, wine. You drink these things for yeah. enjoyment. Anyway, yeah. I. I think it's, seltzer, it's seltzer water with a little tiny twist of lime. No, there's no. T- it's just seltzer water. No, there's a twist they, of lime. They wave lime over it. <laughs> but I think it's on the player to be cool about player death. Because the number one part of drama is like nobody wants anybody's player to die. And then watching somebody's player die, you feel really awkward. You're like, and nobody's making eye contact with that player anymore. And you want to be cool about it. And you're like, and yet the game's still going. So, and you're in character, and you're like, all right. The bitch is dead. Let's move on. And yet, meanwhile, inside, you're like, oh, my God, Kimmy's character just died. What do we do? 
it's 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 a it's a weird situation. I don't think anything prepares you for that, especially somebody that you've been looking forward to playing for three years. Right. right? I mean, I'm using that as a specific example, but it's happened to everybody that's out there. How do you, as a player, handle that? And how do you, as other players at the table, handle your other guy's death? And and can you be mad at them if they if they behave badly? Because we've seen that. Honestly, I believe it's something that we who take up this hobby really need to do a better job of just accepting that it's part of the game. I don't think that it's any coincidence that almost every game I've ever read and almost every game out there has pages and pages and pages and pages devoted to combat. Sure. And and what is <coughs> one of the, you know, I'm going to say right now combat is the leading cause of death <laughs> for RPG characters. <laughs> Yeah, right? you're kind of going out on a limb. I would like some backup. On that. I'm, I'm going to say falling. <laughs> I can show you my numbers. I, I've, I've done. <laughs> I've, I've crunched Extensive the numbers. Extensive studies. I'm going to say falling. Actually, there was a Stanford right. study in the 1970s. That's right. Prove this conclusively. It was no. It was from. Um, it was from. Uh, you know, some university back in Wisconsin. It was right next to the TSR offices. <laughs> Gygax uh, University. Gygax. Yeah, they were studying combat and accurate time records, and it was. It was published. But anyway. <laughs> Combat is the leading, but and I don't think that's that, a, that's that a deserves to be on a T-shirt. It does. When you sit down to play a role-playing game, I, I really think you have to be well. That that's fake news, Tim. <laughs> that's, that's, that's true. Fine. And that being said, that's fine. I understand that combat is the leading cause of death, and I understand we all enter into a contract, but that doesn't make it any easier. No, when I get you're in a car right, accident, right, yeah. and 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 yes, I, you're playing poker and you have a bad hand. You don't table flip, right? And and when your character well, dies, you, you don't table flip. I mean, you shouldn't. My point is, playing poker and then investing three years in a character, I, to my mind, are different. Oh, sure. So, and you may enter into with a contract for knowing full well that your character may die, but that still doesn't make it any easier. In fact, the longer the game goes on, the harder that, that is actually going to be. Right. And it's not their fault. There, there, <laughs> were, there were a number of times when I for sure thought Scully was going to bite the big one. Well, the number of times I thought Scully was going to kill me. <laughs> Might not be wrong about that. <laughs> anyway. Remember all that blood you put in when we bought the apartment? <laughs> God. No, you know what? Th- I'll tell you right now what that was for. That was in case you attacked me. Yeah. I was, that was, that was, I was being defensive. We were both like, we were like, <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. Son um, dicks. Right. <laughs> and in those occasions, when I was sure that Scully was going to die, mm-hmm. I could feel it, that sadness of, oh, man. This is one of my favorite characters. He's going to die. I'm not going to make it past this next session. This is going to suck. It's going to be horrible. So you, you you do get that, and maybe that's attachment the key. and 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 you know we all play make believe. Sure, but there's a part of it in your head where it feels almost real. You right begin to identify with your character and like your character, and and you know you think about your character almost like a real person and. A lot of GMs, myself included, try to get players to think of it Just, yeah. and become more emotionally invested. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, congratulations, you bastard. You made us invest in our characters, and now we think about and now them at night. you killed them all. And then you kill table us. Table flip. Right. It, well, you and, can't flip this table. So and that, that is... Tried. <laughs> you're hurting it yourself. That's the love and joy of this game, is that yeah. with, with, <laughs> with everything you do, there's consequences, and, and you can die. And I think that that's... That's the risk. 
that's what makes the game interesting yep. to me because there is that life and death consequence, and it can be really. You know, you're like you go out there and I'm like, especially the way I roll. Here we go. Well, you do. You know, you, you do. The I know. I know. I'm being glib, but, but. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the point is that every time you enter a combat, every time, yes, there is that chance. And we know that, but it still doesn't make it easier. How do you, uh, taking away the, the fact that we know players are going to die, how do you as a player handle that? And how do it's you tough. as maybe, how do you maybe as a player at the table handle the other guy's character dying? How do you, how do you, how do you still stay in character and not Have be you, an asshole? You ever watch The Simpsons? <laughs> you know that one yeah. laugh? <laughs> That's what I do on other people. Do die. you? No, I'm just kidding. This, it, it's... <clears throat> You gotta when, be sensitive to this. You totally do. When your character does something awesome, right? Mm-hmm. You make a great roll and he does something awesome and the table goes, wow, that was effing rad. You're like, yeah, you actually get this rush of awesome energy that's so cool. Conversely, when a character dies, you actually do get that feeling of, oh. Well, that's where I was going with this. I mean, shit. depending on the group, a group oh, hug man. might not be un- unacceptable. No, I'm not. I'm serious. Not necessarily in our groups, <laughs> but I can see how certain people are like, "Dude, you've been playing this character for ten years, man. Uh, yeah. Bring it in, man. Right, whatever, right. whatever. Come on, man. Here's your shoulder for it. But, right. but, because that's rough. Yeah, it is. Agreed. But, but as to how you deal with that, I couldn't answer that. I think it's a personal thing. It yeah, also it totally depends is. on how hammered you are. Also depends <laughs> on the circumstances. Like, there you go. You're like. And then, and then there's the. There's how you handle it. And then right, there's the right replay, there. the replay you have in your head, like, oh my god, I could have dodged, or oh my god, didn't I? I forgot to count the two points of armor. Oh right? shit! Oh man, I'd still like, be alive. You, you go home and you're like, you replay it, and you're like, oh my god, I could have, I should have. <coughs> and then your other what character a- shows up and you're angry because you got, I got this other guy. I really don't like this guy. And it takes yeah, you three I- or four sessions to get into it, and I mean, it's- well, that's one of the things. Um, uh, Savage talker of the hill people. Oh yeah, that's okay. All right. Um, uh, he says that's why I like the new uh, rule for rifts in Savage Worlds, uh, the Blaze of Glory. You're dead, but you get to decide how awesome it is. That's what. Um, that is that uh, Bill's character did. No, that's not what that picture the is. I know uh, he's uh, crazy. Okay, <clears throat> but he um, basically went out in a blaze of glory and decided that he was going to intercept my my. Uh, Boom gun. I listened to that episode. It was awesome. Oh, shot. Okay. Like yeah, literally yeah, yeah. jumped. Because I, I botched it, so it was going to hit the dragon, Sam's character. And he decided to use the Blaze of Glory. Basically, leapt up, took the shot for her, and died. And died. So from from there on out, Stu killed Bill's character. <laughs> but th- that gave him the opportunity to, to decide how. He, I mean, he really, literally went out in a blaze of glory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. He's protecting his dragon baby, who was there was actually actual fire. Baby. Oh yeah, there was, he was oh, actually yeah. on fire. Yeah, and he, you know he was obliterated. Yeah, and I and I guess that I guess that's the thing. If if you're cognizant enough and you know that you're in a dangerous situation, take that breath and say to yourself, "All right, I might die. So if I'm going to die, I want this to be awesome." Yeah. Right, which is not necessarily like just throw a caution to the wind and berserker him. Oh, maybe depending on your character, but but the point being that every time you enter combat, th- this might be it. Uh, and to, you don't want to remove yourself. Where you're like, I don't care anymore, man. Just roll dice, whatever. I'm going to die. Whatever, I don't man. care. Don't don't whatever. do that. But I don't know. It's it depends on the system, right? And it also depends on on the investment in your character. I mean, there, there's that. I'm reminded of that comedy situation. I think it's from from um, I bring it up all the time from Canada, 
with the with all the French guys, and they're all like they've been playing, and he br- they bring in another character that hasn't played in ten uh, years, Boba and he Fett? plays Boba Fett, <laughs> and they're all the French, and they've been playing. They're all like 25, 26 level wizards and such, and he's like makes his second level character and ends ends up pwning them. It's hysterical. <laughs> Type it in and look it up. But it's a Boba Fett Canadian role playing game. It's this wonderful little short film, and and people die, and they're like, I mean, shaking. Yeah. It's very funny, and yet not. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't have an answer for that one. And how okay, do you deal with so it? so we've answered uh, how the player feels. We've answered how the other players feel. How does a GM feel when you kill a character? How do you handle that? <laughs> no, again, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. That's not. Don't do that. Don't. Don't do that. Well, Gimme Gimme hasn't talked to me since I killed the character. <laughs> do, you feel, do you feel bad? I keep texting her. A little. I keep, a little, t- I keep texting her, but she won't reply. <laughs> <coughs> it was the it was basically the, the concluding fight of a major story arc. If anyone's gonna die during the course of the game, that's where it's gonna happen. If yeah. okay, uh we've been we've been harping a lot on the, on this one character situation, but there are other games perhaps where you felt I haven't killed a lot of characters. Yeah, um, I had one t- almost TPK, but that was not me. That was the players. Well, the play well, you know that I, I more ca- when in my old Gerbs campaign, more characters died at the hands of other player characters than in my hand. I, I, well, Gerbs is specifically deadly too. I think anybody that enters into Gerbs, you make a contract with Lord because yeah, I, you know, I, I, I didn't kill rifle. a lot. I didn't kill a lot of characters in that game, but I the players it. killed each other's characters it. a lot. But they had. There was one thing that Bill had mentioned. This sort of like weird clockwork magic, quasi magical thing was like roaming through the desert, and they went over and attacked it and hit it, yeah. and it exploded. And I'd already determined. I mean, I had it all written out because this is something they weren't even supposed to find for a long time. And I had it all written out, and I showed them like, here, this is what it does. I'm like, you oh, sure you want to hit it? <clears throat> no, no, no. I showed it after. I said after they hit it, and it exploded and I took all but like one character out I think it made Bill we, we were at the time I had just gotten the horse clans book and there was an undying um, advantage mm-hmm. and uh, he had to, I don't remember what he had to roll but he had to roll something like a health roll or something yeah, you've told the story a couple of times <coughs> and he had and he rolled it like a he rolled like a um, critical success yeah and so he became undying and so basically, he didn't have any more XP. He had to spend all his XP to buy off. He was a Highlander, yeah. He, uh, kind of. It's the it's the Horse Clans books. Mm-hmm. It's Robert E. Howard. Is it? Mm, uh, no, it's, it's the it's the Tor. It's um, I don't remember what it was. Gerb's Horse Clan, or did mm-hmm. I? Yeah, yeah. But it's based on an author. Yes, it's yeah. not Howard, and it's not Burroughs. It's it's he's it's later than that. Anyway, they're really they're really. They don't hold up. You read them, you're like, mm, this is really awkward. There's a lot of. <laughs> um, God, I read them too. I read a couple of them. Uh, but but as a GM, I mean, I've noticed. I mean, maybe that's one of the reasons, one of the best reasons for rolling out in the open. Yes, absolutely. Which like you have your dice string, you roll it out there, and, and the and the characters can now look and say, yeah, that's a that's a lot of sixes, or that's a lot of twenties, or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and and you're like, I I'm not fucking with you. You're dead. Did someone say Robert Adams? No. It might have been Robert Adams. Yeah, it is. <coughs> okay. It was Robert something. I said yeah. Robert E. Howard, but yeah. it wasn't um, that. 
that early. And, and then maybe that's one of the reasons, uh, or maybe one of the excuses for rolling out the open is so that if you if things go sideways and you do a really good hit, or celerity's involved, or whatever it is, you know, I mean, you know, with L five R, you got that crit, and it's like, dude, we're dueling. There are my dice. There they are, and you're like, okay. And, and in many ways, and I think as a player, what, seeing that happen, seeing those dice roll out, and you're like, it's just fate. It's what happens at that point. And I think that that helps me on that journey to, to my character into the afterlife. Mm-hmm. Just <laughs> seeing those dice with all those pips at the top, and like, all right, yep, it's just that's the way it works. I think maybe that's as a GM and maybe even as a player, that's the way to make that work is to see the mechanics play it out. Because I think most of the time, unless your GM's a dick. It's mechanically based. Your character dies because of mechanics. Celerity, you roll a crit, <coughs> you got ganged up on by 30 kobolds, your, right. your sorcerer went down one corridor, whatever it is. Or, <laughs> or Blackleaf missed the missed. poison trap, oh, and I declare her dead. And now you have to leave. And now you have to leave. That's playing the that's that's Blackleaf rules. That's Blackleaf. Like you, if your character dies in the session, you, <laughs> you gotta have go. To leave. You in fact, I told that to Kimmy. You have to check out. You actually have to put it to Kimmy. I said, Kimmy, you gotta go. We're playing Blackleaf rules. <laughs> Does that mean you have to get a noose and actually hang yourself? Like when you go, you have to check out. You have to check out. Well, yeah, well yeah. if you want to learn the real magic, you have to play yeah. the real game. Yeah. <laughs> I just reread that. All right, it's a piece of gold. It's awesome. I love it. I know. Is that horse beaten enough? I think it was, that I horse think is beaten. Lots enough. of leather in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gaining like levels. <clears throat> Gaining levels. Response from Chris in Canada. You want to read this one since you're like the D- old D and D guy? Is this an old D and D one? I can totally read this one. Kinda. <laughs> <laughs> the brontosaurus is thin on one end, much much thicker in the middle, <laughs> and very thin again on the other hand. <laughs> That's it. That's your theory, is it? Hi, Stu. <laughs> And the douche crew, two. That could have uh, let me. That I could have read that better. That can. Hi, Stu and the douche crew too. There it is. Yeah. The douche crew. The douche crew <laughs> too. Come and ride at you. It's the douche, douche crew canoe. Come and ride at you. <laughs> it's the. Go look up the Nuzu review. Nuzu review. That's right. God, I haven't thought about that in ever. You bring out the old in me, Stork. You're old. <laughs> you can tell by all the gray in your beard. Yeah, I know. Anyway, I am slowly working my way through the Happy Jacks backlog, jumping backwards one session at a time while trying to keep up with the new content. He's like a looper. He totally is. Back and forth, back and forth. Mm-hmm. Your show is a blessing during my tedious commute. Oh, he's totally looping now because he's commuting. See what he's saying? He is a looper. You're welcome, my child. Yes. Regarding the objection to instant skill jumps during level advancement, Happy what Jack Season 12 episode... Black Lake <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Toothless snow. <laughs> I can't show it to you now. Oh, there he is. Okay, right over here. Right there. Oh, it's Rob! You can sit next to him. Oh, Rob, come on, dude. Come sit next to me, man. You guys want audience participation, right? <laughs> <laughs> you said participation, right? There's your mic. <laughs> so, so oh. Oh. Sorry, I think I popped the mic. God. Yeah, you popped the mic, but that's yeah, okay. I need to wash my face with. I think something else popped over here. Now you have cheek herpes. Is that cheek herpes? Yeah. What's up, man? Were you, were you in the chat room and went, that's yeah. it, I'm coming in? I yeah. told him, I said, Jet. I said, I said it looks lonely with only, yeah. only a couple people. Yeah, yeah. So now we just look lonely together. Aww. Two need, lonely here, souls wandering in the night. <laughs> uh, all right, so we're on. 
that one. There. Okay. Yeah. So, regarding the objection to instant skill jumps during level advancement, discussed in Happy Jack Season 12, Episode 9, at approximately 30 minutes in. Are you sure it was 30 minutes in? I seem to remember it really wasn't. I think it was actually 27-8. That's why he said at approximately. Okay. That yeah, he does have the little squiggle. The little uh, squiggle. Uh, I'm just pro- saying. Because I remember tilde. that episode. Yeah, the tilde. I remember or that. the tiled. I totally remember that episode. Tiled. I thought the tilde was the little... It is, you're right. Yeah. I don't know no, what that is. The no, it's the yeah. no. That's the Enye. Yeah, is it? I don't know. Uh, Enye is an Irish singer, and Tilda Swinton is a British yeah. actress. So I don't even floor. know what you guys are talking yeah. about. In first and second edition AD and D, you don't automatically jump to the next level when you attain the minimum XP amount. See first edition DMG page eighty six, second edition revised DMG page seventy one. We just got to uh, actually, didn't we? Because that's the way we played it. This is, I this would is just jump up. This guy has done his homework. Chris in Canada, man. Good on you. You must take time out from adventuring to maintain accurate time records. No. You must (laughs) take time out from adventuring. Could easily be four more weeks to find a tutor and pay for the training that will consolidate and translate what you've recently experienced into tangible increases in your skills. Pluses, new weapons, new spells, etc. No further XP can be accrued until you complete the training. More than one of my characters died while out adventuring with sufficient XP to level up, still desperately scraping together funds, because my first GM was a miserable skin flint amongst other transgressions. Oh, the horrible memories. Frankly, I'm surprised I stayed in the hobby during those formative months. Chris in Canada, who goes by Bobcat on the forums. Because Bobcat with one T was taken already. Yeah. Okay. Uh, or maybe he's from Banff. Banff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's Bobcat. Bobcat. That is correct. Those rules exist. Um, I think... Never played them that way. No, I think I, I, I played them that way once and then said F these things and never use them again. Well, is this is this the way Dragonlance was written? Because remember, they always took those breaks. Uh-huh. Like those off scenes and they'd always come back a year later and be... A little bit more powerful, mm-hmm. right. or something along those lines. So I, I guess it makes sense. I, and, and to be fair, now as a much older person, having jammed, I think that I might actually have fun with those interludes. Yeah. I, it would be fun to go into town and game. You know, you could you could speed it through. You could say things like, "All right, so you're training," uh, you know, and you could you could do it in a you know, twenty minutes or whatever. Whatever. <coughs> but I think it might be fun to play that out as opposed to just. Suddenly you gain inspiration You can do amazing things Or or even a 4E You suddenly have a whole new spell set You've never ever tried before But suddenly it just comes into your head Well, two things First of all, I think you guys <coughs> are playing that out very well In um, Vampire I know you guys are talking about Vampire a lot tonight But in the mode of sin You were listening you, A little bit <laughs> on the drive down oh. um, The uh, But you guys are playing out the I'm going to teach you this. You need to teach me that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and as as you gain as you gain dots and stuff like that. But but the way that I see it, instead of it, oh, I've automatically hit this threshold. Now I know new things and I can do cool things. Is that the entire level before? You're sitting there and you're practicing it and you're training for it and you're failing more often than you're succeeding. So that by the time that you get to that arbitrary line in the sand, you're now succeeding more than you're failing. And it's the flip. As far as magic goes, you can always argue like you're studying the whole time, experimenting <coughs> and trying to figure yeah, that out, and it all kind of takes place off camera. 
you could do it on camera, and I think that I've seen some magnificent role players do it. Um, but but I don't see it as like, oh, I've hit this mystical line. Now I know more shit. It's I've been practicing all this shit up to this mystical line, and now I can do it better. And now than I can I, get it. Yeah. Now I get it. That's yeah. That's the way I always did. You know, when you level up in in D and D, you get a new spell as a spellcaster. You get a new spell, and that's the way I always played that off. Is that's the net result of you spending your last level, mm-hmm. you know, experimenting in your laboratory or trying new formulas when you're sitting out in the woods or whatever. Studying some book. Or studying something. some book or stuff. It all kind of happens off camera, mm-hmm. but as a wizard, you're not just sitting there, you know, memorizing the same spells every day so you can go into the dungeon and use those spells and then have nothing left. You're 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 honing your craft all the time. That's mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, as, as adventurers, I mean. You hike. You've you camped. There's a lot of downtime. Oh yeah. There's yeah. a lot of like you really only hike or camp for about four or five hours, and the rest of it is setting up camp, taking camp back down, yep. yeah. cleaning up, and moving yeah. on. I mean, so there's a lot of time. And then and then when it gets dark, you just can't do anything anymore. You just, so you, you sit there by candlelight doing stuff, and studying, you burn shit, or burn or whatever. Yeah. But <clears throat> I guess it's assumed within the character that that's what happens. But there is a line in the same mechanically speaking. And yes. that's the way um, uh, role playing games or, or online games are done. All of a sudden, you know, dun, 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 yeah. in EverQuest or whatever, just lights or whatever, and suddenly ding, no new ding. shit. Yeah, <laughs> all of a sudden. Well, but but you <laughs> always you always bring up you know I go out and I kill rats. Right. Right. So when you ding, you can now kill the shit out of those rats mm-hmm. because you've been spending two or three no, levels killing rats. I understand the juxtaposition, yeah. but, but yeah. and mechanically speaking, you still get that line in the center. I'm just not sure people play it up right. And, and I... Technically speaking, what you're supposed to do is stop, or you don't actually gain that level until you go and train. Well, so the, you, you he's could, talking about earlier versions of the game. I get yeah, it. Which were completely broken, <clears throat> and Gary Gagax had no idea what he was doing. Right? Like, well, that's but, what we've all agreed, right? But, but you, could, you could say that. You could say yeah, that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, next email. <laughs> Can you go no. back in your car again? <laughs> I'm sorry. <coughs> I no. think how how dare you? I think it depends on. How dare I mean, you? I don't mind if someone wants to say, "Hey, I just got my level. I want to use my new, the new stuff I got." Yeah, yeah, whatever. I think I think during combat it, it gets a little dodgy. In the middle of a combat, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, know, you, you yeah. have to wait until combat's over if you're going to level up. Your yeah, character. I'm and, sorry. And I always appreciate. Well, I don't normally award XP until after the combat or at the end of the session. At the end, at the end of the, the session, session, yeah, yeah. I think it's fair to say at the end of the session. I mean, especially with something like 4E, where you, where you hit that level where you. Your character completely changes. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you have you, you get a new bunch of new powers, and you have to get rid of a bunch of powers. Right? right? Yeah, so that's like, a little. How do you justify that? You yeah. can't just like you know you wake up one day and like I'm a completely different person, All which right. is what pissed or, me off about four eight. Oh, or right in the middle of that combat. Oh shit! I can't cast magic missile anymore. But I, I can, got this other I got new spell now. Bolt. <laughs> I don't know if anybody can justify four eight. Mm. Yeah, that's so. true. I don't. I'd have to think about. I don't want to. We keep getting <laughs> no, flack for hating too much. But no, 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 no. I have an opinion. <laughs> I didn't like it. You're the hater, though. It's okay. You can do <laughs> That's it. That's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he, he, I, I'm glad it brought people into the hobby, and then I'm glad they fixed the hobby right afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> That's. I still say. God, that should be. A, that is. That, that should is be the, the byline. <laughs> that is the one version of D and D that I have not read cover to cover. I you need um, a life. Yeah. Wait, no, he has one. No. That's why he hasn't read it cover to cover. <laughs> no. no. No, no, I didn't read it cover to cover because I went, what the, what the, 
What the forty has a lot going for it, I, and we had fun playing the game. Sure, but <laughs> until combats got really long. Yeah, yeah. really. Yeah. I mean, it was up to that point. We were all, and then we all went. Wait a moment. But I think that's true with all the games that you run. You have fun with them until there's a long combat, and then you're done. Yeah. Mm. Um. Well, there's a lot of games that don't have long combats. Vampire combats aren't long. Star Wars combats aren't long. Vampire combats. L five R combats can be long, and yet the game was still fun. They can be long. They can be, but they're not not in our game. And the L five R combats can be long, and and have been long, but it's the game's still interesting. Not not hours, not a whole session. That's true. I mean, remember we had a couple combats that would went on for like four hours. We had eleven people, but yeah, to be fair, yeah, you did have eleven people. Well, even when even when it was like fewer people, he's right. He's right. I'm not. I'm not. Why am I justifying four E all of a sudden? Why? How that happened? Really? Wow. The apologist. Yeah. Well, well, welcome to Opposite Land. <laughs> That's why he has a goatee. He's the evil star. He's the, yeah. <laughs> uh, mechanical cannon in RPGs from Vincent. God, I, if you had a mechanical cannon in an RPG, you would own <laughs> everything. Yeah. Well, it's called, it's called a boom gun. That's a boom what gun. it is. Le boom. Uh, hi, happy jackaroonies. If you don't mind too much, I'd like to jump in on the discussion during Season 19, Episode 11, where Stork and the rest of the... Uh, and rest, we're talking about the relative merits of D&D versus more narrativist games like Apocalypse World. Like we were just doing. Is merits, that the opposite the merits, world there? What? Merits of D20, not D&D. D20, okay. Just to be specific. In any system with a lot of crunch, there is canon built into the mechanical descriptions of things. For example, if you fall X feet, you take 1D6 damage, points of damage, twice that for 2D6, etc. Because of that canon... When you look at the tall wall, you know how much danger you'll be in if you fall off. Of course, if you're at level 10, you can fall any distance and not die. Or if you're in D&D. <laughs> That's in 5th edition. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> in a system where the rules don't say, then everyone can look at the wall and have a different understanding of how dangerous it is. No consequences, just damage, broken legs, broken everything, or instant death. And which is why, I, by, as a side note, this is, this is one of my, my rules for games, which is... <coughs> how deadly is it if you fall down the stairs? stairs. Yeah. So, so falling down the stairs in GURPS will kill you. The falling kid. down the stairs in D&D, not a problem. Won't do anything. Right. Depending on what level you are. Now, the, well, wall, the wall is the same thing. I mean, you're basically using the wall of the stairs. I use stairs because stairs are funnier. Ow, ooh, ah, ooh, and it can take, you know, 20 minutes. It's hysterical. First level wizard can just bump his head on the doorway on the way out and die. Dunk, oh! Yep, completely balanced system. Um, <laughs> I think there are definitely players who want to listen to the descriptions of things and already know what those things mean without having to ask or having to give a description that then becomes canon. For instance, if you're having a fight on top of a wall and you want to know whether throwing the enemy off the wall, throwing the enemy off of it is death or just a few hit points worth of damage. Uh, if if it's just damage, then you may finish off the enemies by dropping them, but if it's instant death, you can spend all combat pushing mobs off. Additionally, for many GMs, it is important that they understand the consequences of their descriptions. A 20-foot wall might be tall enough to stop a horde of barbarians, but if they want a really imposing wall, they might want to know how tall the wall needs to be so that even seasoned adventurers could not scale it without risking death. And once you have the height of the wall, say 200 feet, maybe that influences your description of the city behind the walls. Maybe it's built into the mountainside with multiple levels of stone archways that support the wall so that it will never fall inwards and crush the city below. (laughs) (coughs) I mean, is Tirith? 
I was just thinking that. Uh, what may have started as a way to deter the party from climbing the wall to avoid the guards has turned into flavor for the city, for the rest of the city as a whole. So for the person writing in about whether whether and why D20 might be preferred, I think that there is a certain comfort for D20 veterans who know how the world behaves so that descriptions become something meaningful and specific in their minds. Naturally, your mileage may vary. Thanks for your podcast, Vincent. The lonely airport manager from Paw. Aw. Airport manager. <coughs> Dog walks into a bar. I'm looking for the guy that shot my paw. Uh-huh. You ever see the meme I put up with my puppy? I, su- I superimposed oh, yes. a little kilt on her paw. <laughs> yes, I'm looking I for did. the man who killed my paw. That's right. I did see that. <laughs> that gave me amusement. Um, so, I, I generally agree, and I think game mechanics very often will help Players determine what, how dangerous the world is. Mm-hmm. Certainly, that, that's yeah. I think that's absolutely true. And I can see how it might require more more description in the case of more narrativist games and less simulationist games. I, I know that gravity is a cruel mistress, <coughs> and I know depending on the game system I'm playing in, and usually based on watching what happens to NPCs or even other players. Uh, it changes completely how I play a game in Traveler or GURPS. I am much more cautious right. than I am in D anD D or Champions or Heroes or, or even Savage Worlds. Because yeah. I know in Traveler full well. In Traveler, you you will hide behind people and then leave them abandoned on planets. I, you, <laughs> <laughs> no, literally, you will. It, it, it actually up. changes the way you you will approach a combat. It's like where can I hide behind or. Or what's my rate of fire? All of this stuff becomes much more important oh, yeah. than, than it used to be. Uh, I think that having a deadly system is... It, it's a choice you make, but it's not always the right choice. I mean, if you want to play a pulp game, if you want to play a game where everybody's super... If you want to play Conan, you don't necessarily want it to be deadly. You want to just own it. You just want to like wade into <coughs> the hordes of picks and come out the other side covered yeah. in their blood. I mean, that's Oh, awesome. sure, yeah. Little smudges but, of blue. Right, but that's the choice that, that uh, as, a, as a game... That's the that decision making. you make when you're deciding what kind of what, what exactly. game system exactly. you're going to play. Exactly. When I, when I read this, and I, I don't know if I've listened to the episode that he's referring to, but when I read this, it seems to me that there's a scale that he's talking about. Like or or that that basically that 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 it's being imposed it's being it's being written as a one zero. You're either a player that needs the mechanics and needs the background to understand the canon or or how deadly a system is, or right. I know if I'm going to fall off this wall, I'm going to die. Therefore, I know how to deal with the world. And and you know he's talking about those people in in this in this case, but it seems to me it's a scale of your. More strategic, or I guess logical thinkers, and then you're more theatrical players. Oh, well, that's an interesting point. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so, because, so for instance. Here we're going with this. Yeah, like, like, I think that there's, I've seen people who are like, well, even if it's a canon that they know, like, well, tell me about the wall. Tell me what's going on. Let me figure out what I can do with this. Give me all of the details. Let me see where it's going. <coughs> and they can adapt system to system much faster than I've got a friend, Steve Merrill, who played Ghost in your Ghostbusters game, right. that refuses to learn another system because he knows Savage Worlds so well that he will not play another system because it is not Savage Worlds and he does not know the rules and does not understand what 
falling damages and what this and what that. It's supposed to be a snowflake is. and be the center of attention. We actually that was one of our emails. Earlier. Oh, good. I, yeah, no, but so so <laughs> <laughs> so so basically, like I think that there's just it's a it's a sliding scale, and someone everyone fits in somewhere. Yeah. On this, I have a task for our listeners. Dude, you're so after big boy. Okay. <laughs> Here's my task for the listeners because I, because we often get hammered on not knowing PBTA and talking about it anyway. That means I'm powered so by the apocalypse. Thank you. Not Thank me. You. you don't talk about it. Or you don't know it. I, I, well, I, I, I don't. I haven't played it enough to have a solid opinion. He doesn't talk about it because he doesn't know it. Yeah, I do. Right. I, I, I've learned a bit about it, but not enough to answer this question. And that question is: in any Powered by the Apocalypse game. What determines how long of a fall off of a wall is deadly and what is not? So when a character says, hey, I'm on top of this wall, it's 20 feet high, is that enough to kill somebody if I throw it off? Or is it just going to damage them? Where does that no. come from? Hold on. It's not, you can't even, you can't even... Make that system specific. Yeah, because like masks... Which is a supers game? Yeah, the answer is going to be different than it would be if it was just straight apocalypse world. <coughs> and you're just a dude rolling around like in Fallout. It's fine. Make it dungeon world. I don't even, since yeah, we since we brought since well since we brought up D twenty, which is yeah, like it or not D and D. Oh, I don't like that. You take that back because it's absolutely not true, it's and I'm offended n- that you would say that. Too bad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's also Pathfinder. Basic role playing. Like, yeah, Pathfinder. What is it? But <laughs> BRPs and the same thing? No, no, no. There's a lot. Spycraft was D20. Spycraft was D20. No, I, yeah. I agree. But but we're kind of talking about D&D. You are. There was a Traveler twenty. Do I need to take yeah, your ass outside? <laughs> are you hitting on me again? Totally. Yes. Okay. Cool. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I want to know that because I don't know the answer to that, and I think that that would have uh, some good bearing on this conversation because the premise here is that some people like. To be able to look at a wall and say this wall is twenty feet tall. If I fall off of it, I'm going to take X D six points of damage. How can <coughs> a player determine that in Dungeon World or Apocalypse World? I think there's a faster way for you to find that out. There are JackerCon games going on all this week, and some of them are powered by the Apocalypse, and you should play into it. That's, That's all totally you have to do true. is get in the game, climb up on a wall, and climb jump off and see what happens. Jump off of it and see. Or I could just ask any one of our awesome listeners who are. Full of information on Powered by the Apocalypse games to say how does this work? It's one thing to be told; it's another thing to see for yourself. Buddha, I had no idea you were so short. Agreed. <laughs> I'm <laughs> and fat. <laughs> well, that's Buddha. Yeah. I'm trying to involve our listeners here. I'm trying to get you to play JackerCon and them too. Yep. Anyway. Oh yeah, JackerCon.com. Go and sign up for games right now. Anyway, if someone can answer that. That would be awesome. I would appreciate Here, it. Here's my caveat with that, is that I think that that's fair to say with any system, not just Apocalypse World. I, I think if, if I'm going to be fighting a bunch of guys on the top of a wall and I knock them off, and it's up to the GM to say, well, they die or they live. If they live, that's fine. They're still not going to be able to attack me because I'm on top of a 20-foot wall or even a 200-foot wall. Right. It, it, it's not really necessarily going to affect my gameplay, but the strategy involved is it's easier for me to knock them off the wall than it is for me to kill them and move on to the next guy. I'll just keep knocking them off that wall. Sure. That's a strategy that I could use, but also, yeah. mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if they live or die, they're out of play. 
They cannot affect me anymore. Unless they have bows and arrows. The, well, yes, but if they fall, get up with broken arms and then start playing. Uh, but that's a chance I'm willing uh, to take. How many games have enough granularity that they're going to have broken arms? Gerbs. But uh, the point. Well, but the point being, <laughs> one. hero. Would hero do that? Yeah, it might. Will Maybe? Mo- not will, really. Will I don't Mo- think it's. Or not no, and, 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 and I'm actually going to postulate, or, or at least expand upon the fact that yeah. I think that people approaching the problem from a storytelling gen- <laughs> and from a tactical thing often arrive at the same. The storytelling thing is, how awesome would it be? I'm standing on the bridge and I'm knocking them off left and right. Ah! And yeah. the tactical thing is, uh, actually, I think that I ideally that rather rather than killing them one at a time, if, if I knock them off, they're out of play. Um, and it says here that if I do this, <coughs> falling damage is this. Is, doesn't really matter how you got there. They're both having an awesome epic moment on that bridge. Exactly. Absolutely true. Yeah. There you go. Unless you hate. Um, <laughs> the uh, one thing too, though, it was funny because I think Sork mentioned it. Is that you know how you how deadly a system depends on how you play the game. When we play tested the very first moment of truth. It was very deadly. We didn't know that until Dave's trucker got it full on in the face with one, one bullet shot, and, one and became Dropped. like just a, t- a like a Gallagher watermelon yeah. in front yeah. of all of us. And we were like, oh, shit. And, it was, and that, was a, that was almost a TPK. He had like three hit points. Yeah. His Re- character remember remember earlier in the podcast where you're like, no, I haven't killed a bunch of players. Uh, oh, yeah. I have determined yeah. that that is a lie based on personal evidence. I, don't th- yeah. I didn't think about that one. Also, I don't really think about play tests. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was still count. It right. counts. But also, the Call of Cthulhu game, that was yeah, a TPK. That's true. Yeah. I was the only one that made it out of that moment of truth. Game. No, 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 but no, no, little crazy trucker girl. No, 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 this was before woods. trucker girl. Oh, uh, yeah, that might be, huh? Yeah. Don't put your trucker girl up in me. <laughs> trucker grill? Tucker girl. <laughs> trucker, <laughs> skater girl. No, she, no, she that's. Was it wasn't roller girl. No, that she wasn't was roller no. girl. You were, you were. I was a little punk, punk rock girl. Punk rock girl. She was punk rock girl. Yeah, yeah. Not I was girl. basically modeled her after tank, tank girl. girl. So right. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Punk tank girl. Then they were mini girl. Just you and me, punk rock girl. Uh, you want to read the last one? Sure. Yeah. Effective use of non-player characters. Dun. From Steve in SoCal. It's like how we fix the show. We uh, we need an NPC, so we call them Rob. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, but I'm a GMPC, so <laughs> I get all the levels. You know, I, I just before you start, I, did, I I meant to tell you guys. Have you you've heard of the Stanford Prison experiment? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's a like docudrama. About it. Explain the Stanford Prison Experiment for our friends. That well said. Yes, you're, in you're 1972, right. a, profe- uh, um, a psychology professor at Stanford, uh, right at the start of summer, went and got 18 students, and then they screened them, and then randomly made nine of them prisoners and the other nine prison guards. Prison guards worked in shifts. The prisoners spent 24 hours a day in their prison, which was a hallway with three offices that had been cleared out. They had beds in them, and they had bars in the windows. And then they had a closet they used as the hole for isolation. And uh, within, like, less than two days, the guards started getting hyper-abusive with the, the, the prisoners. They're just, they're there just was a dr- dramatic authoritarian shift. They're playing their characters, man. Yeah. They're, just, they're playing to their disheads. So the premise of it was one of them says that he was doing that. The other one's just like, I don't know, I don't know why. No, I, I was I'm doing being it. glib because right. because it's a fucked up experiment. <coughs> it's it's really, great. It's experiment. really creepy about what it says about human psyches. Absolutely, and, yeah. and class distinction. But, and but that was like the premise of 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 the study was that 
some people just rant, just uh, will that will happen to them when they're put in that situation? Yeah. Turns out, turns out all people. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Can I please to a certain extent. No, you can't play Fallout. Sorry. Okay. Carry on. Okay. Sorry. That's, that's, that's I was fascinated by. Can I play Halo? Uh, yeah, it's a T-rated. You're killing aliens. You're not killing actual people. Yeah. Uh, as, as a as a fan of the ESRB, Halo is T-rated and therefore oh, we're okay. Yeah, Halo is okay, T-rated. Great. Yeah. Yeah, because their blood is like colorful and shiny. For, the, yeah. for those of you that couldn't actually hear what Zach said, uh, it's a, a, you hear Rob responding to something that nobody of you heard. Uh, uh, you can usually pick up the kids on the mic. Okay. Okay. S- hello, all from Stephen SoCal, the grimace on the forums. Remember the Grimace? Grimace was one of the yeah. the, the least fortunate of the McDonald Land characters. He was one of my favorites. The big purple yeah. Hamburglar was my favorite. But yeah. I like the Hamburglar. Were, were, wasn't the Grimace and the Hamburglar sort of like partners? Bosom buddies? Yes. Yes. And I, I do believe that... They had a sitcom together. They had Mary McCheese, <laughs> and I do believe that one they got... One was from in a foreign land, the other one was his cousin. Yes. Right. Go ahead. Do you remember the, the Jack in the Box ones? French Fry Guy and all those? Oh, yeah. Well, let me stick to this one, because... Otherwise, it's going to fall on my head. But they, I do believe they got hand. in trouble with the uh, HR Puffin stuff guys because Mary McCheese was very similar. <coughs> anyway, everyone HR was smoking pot back then. Anyway. Go win things As I write this, I'm about halfway through season 19, episode 11, where you all are arguing about GM NPCs, party NPCs, henchmen, hirelings, and the like. I'd like to chime in with a few centavos of ideas and examples from my gaming group. Well, I think everybody, everyone is justifiably wary or outright against having a GM character toting around with the party and stealing the spotlight from players. There are some flavors of recurring NPC which can be super useful tools in the GM toolkit. For each of these examples, I'll use um, Ueda. From it's the, Ueda, yeah. It's Ueda from the L5R campaign as my NPC stand-in, which I think was one of the ones we were talking about as that example. Uh, when we were having yep. this conversation, because I you think were, I was there for this. You were there. Yeah. Perfect to have you back. Yay. Having, number one, point the first, to quote Stork, having well-fleshed-out NPCs sometimes accompanying the party as a co-combatant means that when you, the GM, want to amp up the severity of the situation, you can kill, maim, or otherwise imperil the NPC to convey the point. Want to convince the party that this particular bad guy is a pretty badass? Well, suddenly, Ueda takes an arrow to the throat, and you don't know if he's going to survive. Not only does everyone pay more attention, but now you've also spiced up the combat because maybe the focus becomes half the party trying to staunch the bleeding or carrying the giant lug out of harm's way. This is a commonly used method for one of my GMs. It allows him to amp up the adrenaline without incapacitating a PC, which tends to ruin the fun for that player, like Kimmy. We don't regularly no, travel. With like <laughs> you get shot by an arrow, you're not dead, but now you're incapacitated. So no. all the, everybody else has to now carry you off the. Is that that's worse than being dead? Yeah, right? yeah. It is. yeah well, it is. so that happened in in one of the games. Was it Stephen was in it? So I think it was. What, I think it might have been your traveler. Yeah, the fir- the very first. Um, Traveler game you did? Yeah, there was gunfight. Yeah, <coughs> and like, like who, who you got knocked out for like six rounds? Yeah, well, I did it myself. Trip. Remember, I critical failed, yeah. and I and I knocked myself out at yeah. one point. And I rolled one dice and Kimmy. rolled a six, and we're like, yeah, Kimmy, Kimmy had to save the day with yeah. like a like a tiny little gun or like knife. Even or you failed. I wasn't you in that one. You never failed. Right. I wasn't in that one. I don't fail. Uh, <laughs> you never fail. 
Uh, I mean, he's, I, I he's sat he's next the, to you, so he's tonight the opposite of me. As a oh, did you hear that? Tonight counts as a failure. Oh, yeah. Even even oh, snap. All his friends have said he's the polar opposite of me. In fact, when we played a game together, I played this ranger and I failed all my rolls. Oh, Mr. Banner, I'll see. But he yeah. swings in and made like all these amazing rolls. I'm like, he was my mentor. It I was like a 13 year old kid, and yeah. I kept saving his ass. <laughs> it was it was really fun. It was actually a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> that was your savage. That was your savage world fantasy, right? Could, yeah, yep, something like that. Yep. Okay. Oh, yeah. So we don't regularly travel with NPCs in the party, but it happens periodically, and probably 50% of our combats employ some level of ally, bystander, or other NPC we have to at least keep an eye on. It's like the, uh, the shitty uh, uh, quests that you get in, in WoW or Fallout or something like that, the, the, the convoy quests, what am I thinking the of? follow quests? Yeah, follow quests, thank you. God, those annoy the shit out of me. They totally do. Um, the it's seven a keys of Entuzler is uh, <laughs> no, no it's like it's like go Here, pick up this guy, guy. go it's deliver like, go this find guy. this old tour yeah. escort escort, escort that's it yeah, yeah. 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 thank uh, you for whoever was yelling at your phone or your radio during the, <laughs> I heard you um, it's surprising but rewarding how much time effort and resources we end up expending just trying to keep the various NPCs alive the key for this kind of use is to simplify the NPCs role. So they don't take up a lot of camera time, which should be spent on the PCs. Mm-hmm. Point the second. I'm having one, just one second, I'm always reminded of the of the workers in WoW, on uh, the original WoW, which is uh, like the order. orcs and stuff like okay. that. Okay, okay, Zog Zog. Who do you want me to? Okay, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they're not. There's not. They're not the brightest. And they only do what they're told. Okay. Work's done. Well, that was yep. that was kind of Ueda. Like he wasn't yeah. the brightest, but he passionately did what he was told. Sure. And it's like, hey, guard the door, hold the door. Oh, okay, I will. Hold yeah. the yeah. door. Yeah. Hold Four the days door. later, Ueda, you can. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Number two, having a trusted and capable NPC around means that you don't have to be bogged down by minutia. Your traveler party just landed on a CD space station and needs to disembark, but you're justifiably concerned that leaving the ship unattended... Oh, trigger warning. Trigger <laughs> warning. <laughs> ...will lead to some random Twi'lek masseuse stealing your ride. I don't know if I can go on. <laughs> and I'm still pissed that they lost my masseuse. If anything, I freed her. We're never going to game either. Uh, that's the part that breaks my damn heart. The damn GM's leaving. <laughs> okay. Well, isn't it a lucky that Ueda the space steward is your ship's cook and former marine gunnery sergeant who has been with you for years? Even if he won't be able to hold off a massive ambush, he can probably get a message to you, hold off assailants for a while, or maybe even get a long get away long enough for you to return. Yeah, he's busy stooping the Twi'lek. Twi'lek. She didn't have any time to go steal the ship. They were busy like <laughs> shagging in the in the bunks. That would have been okay too. Yeah. Otherwise, well, you if he had Ueda, you wouldn't need a masseuse, right? That's true. What? Very gentle hands. Yes. Um, supple. Supple. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Otherwise, you might be compelled to leave behind a PC to twiddle their thumbs just in case. Right. That so, would suck. Yes, it would. That's kind of what I was thinking. What? No. I was thinking at some point that we could u- train her up. That's why I was teaching her how to shoot. I'm, I, I have no problem. You know I'll hire anybody at the drop of an effing hat. I had zero problem with anybody. Except she stole my ship. I like that yeah. ship. That was my ship. I understand. Did you ever get to finish that game? No. I, li- I liked oh, my masseuse. That was my masseuse. <laughs> so you never got to find out if you got Look that ship back? Look at it this way. 
Your masseuse got a free ship. No. How yeah, awesome is that? After the tough yeah, one she had. Yeah, but but to see the DM quit the game. That's a tip. I didn't. That's a good tip. A whole ship and no handy. <laughs> you don't know that. You don't know what she was doing. I had never even gotten a massage. <laughs> it's your own problem. <laughs> I never a, had time. It was a pretty big ship. We're too busy with our ops. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> well, maybe if somebody hadn't fucked up the roll, the op would have gone faster. <laughs> I don't know. All I, I know is plenty, you were. He's the guy that made these There's plenty of blame to go around. This is like Reservoir Dogs. Everyone just started pointing fingers at each I'm other. I'm pointing fingers. <laughs> There's plenty of blame to go around, but I, I remember he was unconscious for all of it. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. explosives. Because explosives. So there's a third point in the scene. Go ahead. And it's called... Well, but also, let me go. Let me go back to this really quickly. If you've got that PC in there or that that NPC just kind of doing things, it also kind of limits the story a little bit. Because if we had that, the GM can't take advantage of us making those choices of leaving things alone or sure. being able to exploit some of the well that some of the openings you, that we provide. Manpower becomes a resource that becomes relevant in the game. Yeah. And if you have a lot, I mean that that's one of the things in the traveler game that I was running, Ashes of Exodus. Yeah. There is a large pool of players, all of whom are crewmen on the ship, mm-hmm. but there's only five or six at the table any given time. All the rest, it's assumed, when you're off on with some planet doing something, all the rest are on the ship. Yeah. Making waiting. sure the ship doesn't get taken away. Or, or waiting or, for that 18-month communication beam to come back. Right. Exactly, right. Yeah, but if we had just gotten back on the ship and then went into space and the game ended, we wouldn't be talking about it still. Oh, you're completely right. This, this, right. But I want my fucking shit. But that's the point: is that Bill exploited the NPC and used it to yes. such a, a he orchestrated that situation so well that we are still talking about. That's it. what I'm saying. Is it? Is it? It, it, it makes we, a much better story. Correct. And and that's that's kind of the point that I'm bringing mm-hmm. up: is that you don't need that NPC around. Yeah, sometimes it's cool and helpful a little bit, but but to to Stu's point, if if manpower is a resource and you have to make mm-hmm. those hard decisions, those are openings that the GM can exploit where having like that those random NPCs around are kind of like... You have a bunch of unobserved NPCs sitting around on your ship. Something's going to happen. It's a little cheat Cody though, to be like, the great protector comes Maybe. and always watches my shit. You know, yeah, right yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. That's that. what yeah, I'm yeah. saying, yeah. So, all right, number three. Having a narrative way to split the party without ruining everyone, everyone's fun in times of hard choice. Okay. The enemy is raiding a town, and you're the only combat-capable folks around. Unfortunately, you see forces heading for the orphanage, as well as the town's only tavern. Which Save is the what tavern! What a conundrum. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever. If Why they, are the kids in the tavern? If they were real children, they'd have parents. If they were real children, they'd be... They'd oh, be- damn, dude! <laughs> well, I was, I was going to say, I mean, it's an easy choice. People can always make more kids. Right. And, and given given the fact that they're at a tavern, they'll get hammered enough, and they'll start making more yeah, right then and there. Right then and night. there, yeah. most of them were probably conceived there anyway. Yeah. Why aren't they working there? Come on, <laughs> that's true. They should then get out of the orphanage, go to work. Right. Pour that's my right. beer. That's right. <laughs> uh, which of these important edifices do you save? Well, you could split the party, the realistic choice, but from a gameplay perspective, that's a drag. Instead, you send Ueda to carry away as many delicious orphans as he can. I. Question the word delicious. Delicious there? That doesn't... But that's okay. While the main party goes after the truly important stuff, the beer. Or maybe at least he runs off to get help while the party fights the delaying action. Well... I get it. Yeah, I dig it. Number four. Similar to number one above. Sometimes it helps to just have a well-loved and known NPCs floating around, even if not directly in the party. 
that you can so you that you can punch the PCs with the impact of their loss. We routinely have NPCs of X players or just other combat capable regular NPCs who have adventures with us in the past littered about. That way when you tell the story of how Ueda got his ass handed him <coughs> by Baron von Badass, it's not only personal, but it also sets a level of seriousness or difficulty. If a random villager is scared, that could mean you're facing kobolds or a dragon. But if Ueda is scared, that shit just got real. As another <laughs> translated example, when you get the mysterious package delivered, which turns out to be Ueda's head in the box... Oh! What's in the box? The oh pieces in the box are suddenly paying attention. Anyway, those are just a few ways to use and abuse Ueda for fun <laughs> and profit. <laughs> Thanks for the advice and entertainment. Steve and SoCal, the Grimace on the forums. I, I don't think any of us are against NPCs. No. In fact, and, and everything you brought up are wonderful uses of NPCs. We're just a, against abusing the NPC yep. when it becomes a GM NPC, and I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. And you bring up some great examples of, of how to use an NPC yes. properly. But I'm not going to, I'm not, and I don't think any of us are going to say that those examples are wrong. I'm not going to argue no. that. They're, those no. are wonderful ways of using an NPC properly. Yep. But how many times have we all seen that go sideways quickly? When yeah. NPC when suddenly takes the spotlight. Yeah, right. When, when yeah. the only person who can solve a problem is Umeda. Which is right. not... It's it, an it, it doesn't right. happen all the time. There are lots of people out there that are responsible GMs and play their NPCs properly. But we've but, seen it go... Yeah. All it takes is once, maybe twice, and you're like very leery of those NPCs. If there anymore. were... Enough responsible GMs in the world, we wouldn't have a podcast to talk that's about the true. shit that's gone sideways. That's right. Right. So God bless the irresponsible GMs, and I, you keep I, doing the Lord's work. I guess. <laughs> keep running shitty games so that's we true. can talk about. That's right. fact, By the way, fact, I, I haven't heard a horror story in a while. I was going to say I want to sub for him on. That. I haven't had. I want to say you know we're light on emails. Uh, so if you have, I can hear the <laughs> wave crashing now. If you if you have questions <laughs> you want to ask or comments you want to make. Uh, horror stories, confessions, all that stuff. Now's the time to send them because I probably only have enough emails for like one more episode right now. Oh, I, I've that. got like seven that I can send in. Because I, I, you know, I was getting you know, six to eight emails a week. Mm-hmm. Now I'm getting three. Hmm. So and that, that's step it up, folks. So there you go. So if you Nobody have cares anymore. Well, you might get an email like from Jim Hartley. That guy sounds like a dick. He totally is. I'm not going to say that some of our early emails may have been written by hosts, but some of our early emails may, <laughs> may have, have been, been written well, by hosts. Hold on, hold on. Does it count that one of the one of the email main email writers moved out here to be a host? Like, no, no, that doesn't count. That's a significant that's true, portion. Huh? Yeah. Well, yes, that's, that's yeah. true. Especially well, word, some, word per page. Yeah, some of his emails were an entire show. Yeah, yeah. just, just to read it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, speaking of the forums, we open up a whole bunch of new forums. Mm-hmm. We yeah, that's right. You've been policing and doing some really good work. <laughs> doing the Lord's work out there. Thank you. We opened up a, a, a at the request of some of the users, a hand sanitizer. Yeah, I totally do. <laughs> no, that's for me. <laughs> we opened up a tell me about your character forum so you can talk about, you know, your own characters and your home games. And Stu opened up a other Happy Jacks products kind of. F- <laughs> oh, that's just, that's so weird. I, I'm just harassing Tim. Sorry, <laughs> it's a thing I do. I feel sullied and unusual now. Right, he was, he, he puts hand sanitizer on his hands for me. He put hand sanitizer on my hand, lovingly, I caressingly. Hope, I hope it was hand sanitizer. This is oh, stop! 
<laughs> Either way, I'm satisfied. Anyway. <laughs> Join the forums. It's an amazing yeah. place to go. And, and, and uh, it looks like a lot of people are using the other Happy Jacks products forum to post their own private APs that they've done of their own games at home. Yeah, like Sir Guido's. Sir Guido, yeah. yeah. Lloyd, and stuff yeah, like that. Exactly. So, yeah, a lot of stuff going on at the forums. You should go check it out. That's at happyjacks.org slash forums. Yes. And I was going to say, I wanted another, uh, maybe another sub forum, which is uh, write about the worst GMPC you've encountered. Sorry, we can only make so many sub forums, and that one's not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Denied. Um, wow, you've he, just he been so. Mic on this whole time. Well, hold on. So, so Tim is such a <laughs> bad host <laughs> that the microphone itself rebelled from being on him. No, it wound up against. And who knows how long that has been lost on the screen? He's too. been talking about it's this the entire back time. There. Keep looking down. Look down. Look down, Tim. Look See, down. Look down. Oh, Stop looking at my junk. <laughs> what? Put your hands. Really far down for that. Hands, please. Hey, you know what they say? Tiny hands. Tiny gloves? Yes. That's exactly what they say. <laughs> it got all so wrapped up around my foot. say everything you did the last half hour all over again. No, it was on there. It was when I, I leaned back to laugh. It popped off because it was wrapped around my foot. Good, because I don't want to sit through that again. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So at the forums. <laughs> so um, let me just say that... Uh, I apologize to those of you who are on Twitch, and thank you for your yeah. your uh, patience. Sorry, sorry. Um, Why? What happened? We quite literally know, difficulties. Literally had technical difficulties. Really you'll be glad to know that the window, Windows machine is now up and running. It. iTunes tu- didn't find. No, no, we were. We That's because we had to convert everything over frantically. Oh, really? That's why we went on late. We would have gone yeah. on time because yeah. about half hour before it started, I rebooted this, which is one of the things you have to do. Yeah. To make Windows machines work right, I'm yeah. convinced because the rest of the world is being hacked that Windows is now desperately sending updates out to everybody. And it's, but it was a huge update. It yeah. was one of those. Yeah. This yeah. is almost like a new version of the operating system. Yeah, oh, so. gotcha. it, it took. It started before we sat down at like five to eight. It was already running. It had been running for like 25 minutes at that point. Yeah, and when we started the show at like eight. 40, I think it oh, was. Wow. That was it, it, it was still going. Stu was it, was clo- it was close to done. He's like, he's like, there should be a statement that says, this is good, big one, please oh, don't there wasn't. do. It yeah. was like, if you wanted to restart, now, if I didn't restart, we would have had huge amounts of problems throughout the whole episode. Yeah. So it said, you have to update to restart. Normally, it's it's a 10 or 15 minute thing. I had plenty of time. This I was an hour. Right, most updates are like, yeah, 15 yeah. minutes. What do you figure? 15 minutes and we're done. They could have let me know, hey, if no. you really do need to restart, by the way, you're not going to get to use this computer for an hour and 15 minutes because we at Microsoft still consider computers to be toys. For those of you that joined us late because you had to update too, thank you. You didn't miss anything. For those of you that were being patient, we really thank you. Yeah. Yeah. We, this oh, is really? not yeah. the level that we're ascribing to. It just happens. Now, I don't know what the what the podcast audio is going to be like. I'll listen to the very top of it to see, but I have a feeling that some stuff got bumped because there has been some movement around here. So there may be some interesting audio stuff going on. In the on the podcast, I'll try to see if I can clean it up. I may not be able to, but I'll put a disclaimer at the front of it really? if there is. Only may, the last we, half hour matters. We may have to put an asterisk in front of this episode. So and that's there, it. There were four asterisks in this episode. That's another word for butthole. There, there were four asterisks in yeah. this episode. So I can end the show now. Yes. Okay. Oh, join Doctor oh, Con. You know what? I'm going to be at Gen Con, and I want to meet as Are many. You? I want to meet as many listeners as I possibly nice. can. What? No, I'm still debating about going. 
Well, I going. keep getting pulled in, in and out of an event that we're running simultaneously. Oh. And, and then I potentially would have to go to Germany right afterwards. And right. I think I would become home divorced if, you I, want that. if I went to Gen Con and then Germany. You want that. If you went to like Spain and, and then got divorced, that might be fun. But you end up in Germany, that's your last stop? I know. Amsterdam. If you're going to get divorced, go to Amsterdam first. Yeah. That's a good idea. Oh, I would go to A Dutch Den- girl? I would go to Denmark. Yeah. yeah, oh my god. Right, right. Yeah. Stockholm is one of the most beautiful That's cities Sweden, in the world. But, but I know, on. but yes, yes, I was going to say they're close. They're yeah. neighbors. Yes. I'm going to do the thing. Yeah. Do the thing. Thank you, thank you for joining us for season 19, episode 15 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. Stork. Uh, Rob. Bobby Tim. At your service. And uh, we'll see you at September 1st, 2nd, 3rd, and 4th at uh, Orcon. Yeah. And, uh, or Gateway. Gateway. Yeah, Gateway. Orcon's a winter one. Yeah. Uh, and also, if you're going to be at Gen Con, I'm going to go out, come on the forum. I'll put a little thing on there to figure out how to do meetups and stuff like that. Because I don't want to just run games for strangers, but if there's listeners who want to, you know, be in a... Moat game or being a moment of truth game or something like that, I will happily run stuff for them. Shadow Con. Shadow Con it. Right, exactly. So thank you very much. Join JackerCon. Join JackerCon. Happening right now. Right 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 now. now. Goodbye. Bye. We'll leave the song. of the Angry Folk Media Empire. I tried to breastfeed till I was 12 And 